Why don't you like this? I'm Molly. And I'm Seb. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by our love of sriracha and instant noodles and linework tattoos and Lady Gaga's Joanne. But three years in, we've realised that we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode we'll be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it, and more importantly, asking the other, Why don't you like this? How did you know? I love this song! Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces past... Keeping with last episode's theme of lowbrow humour, this episode we're going to be talking about white chicks, a movie that I've only seen once in my life. But not fully. Yeah, I'd seen about 20 minutes of it last time and decided it wasn't for me. So this was my first real sort of full viewing of the movie. And beforehand, I'd asked quite a few people what they thought of the movie. I was surprised that it was really well loved. Everyone seems to like it. I was even surprised that you were such a fan of it. Because we've discussed it quite a few times on the podcast already. It's kind of come up in conversation. So starting off this podcast... It's not that I really love white chicks. Is it more It's just I... I have fond memories of white chicks when I was growing up. It just feels like a film that everyone knew about when I was a kid. I suppose. I mean, I think it just it surprised me that everyone I spoke to spoke really positively about it. But I guess we're going to get into that. All right, let's get started. White chicks when I was growing up. I remember watching it with my dad, like, a lot. We recently, well, not recently, but a couple of months ago, probably about half a year ago, watched a film called Little Man, and it's got the same, like, main guys in that than it did in this film. Yeah. And we were watching it, and you thought it was really good. Yeah, I did quite enjoy Little Man. I think the humour was definitely there. Yeah. So, I mean, watching it back now, because when was the last time you saw the movie? Probably a good six, seven years ago, I reckon. Is it good? Um, it's a lot less funny than I remember it being. Do you reckon? A lot, do you reckon a lot of people would say that if they watched? I it? reckon a lot of people would say that. I don't know if it's if the one that we've got's different because it says unseen. Yeah, but a lot of DVDs say that. It just means that like a scene would have been shortened to go into the cinema or whatever. Yeah, I just felt. I felt like. The main scene that I remember when I think about the film is the scene where they're in the car, where one of the people is in the car with Terry Crews and he starts singing. Because I've shown you that clip like a few times before. Yeah. And it always cracks me up. But watching it actually in the film, I don't think it was as funny as... In context. Yeah, I don't think it was as funny. Yeah, they'd kind of made it almost a recurring joke, that song. So it wasn't a surprise when it came up. No. But I did find the the scene where they were having dinner and he was like, oh, do you want to order a salad? And then she like was like, no, I want like six or seven dishes off the menu and was just eating them and just undid her button. She had a like, hairy belly button. I thought that was quite funny. Um, so why do you think it's so beloved? I don't know. Do you think people think they, think they like it? It's weird, isn't it? Because... I can't imagine someone who hasn't seen it. I suppose. I mean, I hadn't seen it until age 19. But you hadn't even properly watched it. Yeah, that's what I mean. At age 19, I hadn't seen it, any of it before. Yeah, I know. But it's it's weird because 
But then you haven't watched like Jurassic Park and stuff, and I find that weird. I suppose. And like Jaws. I well, we watched about half of Jaws, and I was quite enjoying it. We just never came back to it on Netflix. I think there's a difference there, though. Like White Chicks isn't going to be on anyone's top fifty most. No, but I feel like it's on. The, I feel like it's on the level of Superbad. Do you think? I don't think it's as culturally relevant as Superbad. Do you think it's as good as Superbad? I don't think it's as good as Superbad, but I feel like. This probably the same amount of people have seen it. Do you reckon? But I feel like it's one of those things that everyone would admit that they like, but mainly for that scene in the car. So, I think we can sort of almost compare and contrast to last episode. If you take the drugs out of Harold and Kumar get the munchies, what's fundamentally different between that and White Chicks? I don't know. But then if you take the... took, I don't know. But... It's weird because I wanted to come in this and watch it and be like, I absolutely love it. But actually watching it back, I actually don't think it's that good a movie. You realise that I was actually right. I don't know. Why does anyone else think it's so good? I don't know. I think maybe it's the case of no one's actually watched it recently. I seen it not that long ago. Or like a while ago, but you kind of remember it. In recent memory. Yeah, and I feel like... I probably laughed more as a kid, but I feel like I get the jokes more now. So I don't know what I was laughing at as a kid. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say the humour, it wasn't, it was inoffensive, I suppose, in a sort of offensive, inoffensive way. Yeah. So I don't think the humour was necessarily the clincher for me to not like it. I think watching it now, what seemed like a big sort of issue for me, really, was that it felt like it had an opportunity to say something, and it never did. What do you think it was could have had a chance to say? Well, I don't know. I think the fact that you had two black men going into the bodies of two white women, you know, you could it could say something about the relationship between black people and white people, or it could have said something about the relationship between men and women... But any time it seemed like it was going to get close, it just decided it was just going to turn it into a joke. I think the one scene where I thought maybe they were going to do something was when they're in the car, you know, and they sing long, and they finish making their way downtown. Oh, into that. Into, like, a gangster rap song. And they're, you know, using language that obviously white people are sort of... A bit sketchy with saying. Language that... They're saying the N-word. Yeah, language that white people are culturally not allowed to use. And then they say, and then they pass it off saying, well, there's no one around. And all the other women go, yeah, no, that's true. And they all sort of then join in and start singing it themselves. That seemed like almost like it was going to make a point there. But then it just, I don't know, rolled it off as a joke and it didn't go anywhere with it. And I think that's what disappointed me is there was so much opportunity to say something about something, but it just chose not to. I feel like that, to me, was the main difference between... White Chicks and Little Man. But did Little Man actually have something to say? It kind of did explore those themes of, like, can a guy love another guy? Yeah, I suppose it went into concepts of masculinity. Yeah, and I feel like... Because it did go into that. In what? Little Man or White Chicks? In Little Man. Yeah. I felt like that was... It was funnier because it, it kind of mixed your emotions... Because obviously the guy like formed a real bond with this kid that wasn't actually a kid. Yeah. 
but I feel like the thing with White Chicks for me is it fell flat. It didn't make me care about any of the characters. Yeah. Even when the guy, one of the main guys, was like, his wife thought he was cheating. Like, I didn't care enough to think, like, oh, shit, this is this is going to be it. His marriage is going to fail because he's been lying. Yeah, even at the end where he sort of went into a monologue of, um, oh, you know, I should tell my wife that I love her every day and I should tell you how I appreciate all the little things. It felt like too little too late at that point. It felt like they were putting a token effort to make it seem like maybe they had something to say when really they didn't have yeah, anything to say at all. It's weird how big a cultural, like, how much cultural relevance this film has in, like, pop culture. Because it, like, is a film that people do recognise straight away. Do you think maybe the fact that it doesn't have anything to say, maybe do you think that could be part of the reason it's why? it's so easy to watch. Yeah, because you don't have to think about it. Maybe. I don't know, I felt like... Both of them, this one and Harold and Kumar, if you took out the drugs from Harold and Kumar, I felt both of them just landed flat. They didn't have any... I didn't care about the characters. But at the very least, I think there is room, as as I interpreted it, to be about something. I then I guess that could be interpreted suppose, in the same way. But I don't think anyone necessarily would unless they were really trying hard to but I don't force see, something into it. But I feel like Harold and Kumar has never fully went into it the same way. I feel like both of them probably de- delve into, like, diversity as each other. Like, I feel like they were on le- level ground. I don't know. I mean, when... I mean, after, after we'd recorded the episode, I was sort of Googling around, and a lot of people are echoing my sentiments. A lot of people in comment... When, when discussions about the best stoner comedy come up online, I constantly kept seeing Harold and Kumar, Harold and Kumar, as a brown man, it was it meant this for me to see this, and I got this from it. And it was the same things I was saying. But we don't know, because we're not black, so we can't... I suppose. But, but it I... had brown... It had Indians in the beginning. But I think... Which went into the same stereotype that they went into. But I think Harold and Kumar isn't just about representation. It's not just about seeing, oh, that is my culture represented. It's saying something. It's either subverting expectations of what a viewer's going to think or sort of playing with with stereotypes. But I feel like that one did stereotypes exactly the same as Harold and Kumar. Yeah. In what way? It started off with some some Indian people in a shop. But it didn't subvert that in any way. They owned it, a convenience shop. It, yeah, that's not subverting it. That's no, playing that's into playing it. on a stereotype, which you've just said that they Harold and Kumar does that. that. But they were in Harold and Kumar. They were. But when I say playing with it, I don't mean they were just showing it. I mean they were sort of taking an idea and doing things with it. But they also did just show stereotypes as well. Like when? You literally just said five seconds ago that they subverted stereotypes, but they also played on stereotypes. Yeah, but it showed, showed them, how they But it was beyond just portrayed. showing them for the sake of showing them, whereas I think the opening to White Chicks showed Indian stereotypes without having anything to say. But I, I, I don't know, because I don't know. I can't relate to any of the experiences in it. Like, I'm sure that as people, they subvert the... I don't know... Well, I mean, so the title of the movie, Both Things Are You, yeah. White Chicks. Yeah. 
Um, do you think it had anything to say about what it means to be a white woman? I guess what it means to be a rich white woman. Yeah. Because I feel like when they... The beginning of the movie where the two main women, like, scratch their face and then they were like, oh, we can't be seen like this. I feel like that plays onto the stereotypes of women having to keep up an appearance. Yeah. Do you think it had anything to say about that? necessarily i don't know because i don't know what it's like to be rich like that i suppose i don't know whether it said something about the rich because it seemed to me like it was playing on class systems a bit more than race maybe yeah i think it touched on it because like how they went out shopping they bought a dress and then the woman was like he spent four thousand pounds and all the credit cards were maxed out and stuff yeah. But for, like, the normal women, that's, like, nothing. Yeah. Um, so this is, a, this is a weird one, I suppose, because we both agree that the movie wasn't very good. So how would you fix it? Um, I don't know how to fix it. I feel like it should be appreciated for what it is. Yeah. I think sometimes it's good just to have a film where you can't really get much more meaning out of it. Like, you could play that at a party and, like... Yeah. It wouldn't necessarily offend anyone. Is is it enough for a movie to be that? It can be. If yeah. someone enjoys it like that, which people clearly do enjoy it, for, enjoy it for that. But do you think there's any way that you could take the bones of the movie and make something better with it? Or do you think that's as good as the concept of two black secret, black FBI agents dressing up as rich white women? I think that's as good as be. it's going to get. Yeah. Because it's a pretty... Like, in modern day, it's a pretty dodgy thing if they were to remake it. You'd definitely get people saying how it's misrepresentation and stuff. You would get people being funny about it. If people don't like when a white person dresses up as a Chinese person, they shouldn't like it when a black person dresses up as a white person. Mm. It works the same way. No, it works the same way. Not really, though. Well, it should do. I think a black person dressing up as a white person... But it's not like they're casting a black person to play a white person's role. It's no, but I'm saying yellow face. Yeah. And stuff. But it's about punching up versus punching down, I suppose. You know the saying in comedy, punch upwards, don't punch downwards. If you're a rich person, don't make fun of poor people. But if you're a poor person, it's fine to make fun of rich people. In the same way that if you're the dominant culture that has you know been oppressing other cultures it's not really considered okay to punch down and make jokes at a sort of a more oppressed culture's expense. Whereas I suppose at the very least, this is a culture that tends to be more oppressed, making fun of the oppressive culture. But I think that's very backwards to say that if white people do something, but it's not bad if black people do something. No, that's it's not, not what I'm fair. Saying. But it's not fair that just because they're white, just because they're black people are playing a white person's role, that it's okay because the blacks have had... because black people have had more oppression. No, because in doing that, obviously, you know, blackface is used generally to make fun of black people. Well, they've just done it to make fun of white people. and in that regard, it's a minority making fun of a majority, you know. Like, it wouldn't be funny if, you know, Boris Johnson came in here and started taking the piss out of us. Whereas the people would be on our side if we started taking the piss out of Boris Johnson. You know what I mean? It's the big person who can't kick the little person. I don't think that's fair. I still don't think. It's not fair that they get the get-out-of-jail-free card 
because of who they are. I suppose, but I still I don't think that it would become an issue in our culture. And I think that the people who would make issue with it if they remade it today, for that reason, I think they'd generally be seen as, I guess, I think they'd be the ones that think pieces are made about and that get represented by sort of right-wing ideologies. I think the thing for me about this film is I feel like they can't do anything to save it. Yeah. I feel like... You don't think they could have, in that joke, when they're in the car, you think there's something they could have done then to... I don't know, just do something more? They could have, but I feel like to be just enjoyed as on a, you know, almost like a subconscious level, like, not a subconscious, like, almost like non-conscious level, where you can just sit back and just literally zone out, I feel like the film is fine for that. Like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily funny. I don't know, it's weird, because I feel like over time my opinions changed on this film, and I... We went in watching it today and I was thinking, you know, it's actually a really good film. But then watching it, I was thinking, it's not that good. It's not that funny. And I feel like they made too much of it about being cops rather than it being a comedy. Yeah. It felt like comedy was second to it being a cop film. I think it's so hard to do a a compelling cop film and also be a comedy. Yeah. It was just too much, I think. Yeah. And then this weird storyline with his wife, like, getting on his back. Yeah, that kind of felt like a bit of a dead end. It just all felt like they were just adding an end to the fire and it just wasn't going out. So we discussed Little Man. What other movies do you think it could be compared to that are much better? Uh, I don't really know, to be fair. I only really think of it as Little Man because the guys are the same. Yeah, the Wayans Like, I can't necessary maybe rush hour yeah but i feel like rush hour is much better but then i feel like if i watch rush hour now it'd probably be quite racist yeah do you think you wouldn't enjoy it as much now probably not no so i guess do you think maybe certain things are best left in the period they came out in and not revisited yeah i just don't see how they can add on to that Yes, yeah, and like take a different angle, but not without even, getting majorly political. But not even that. I think. Do you think white chicks should be left in two thousand four? Yeah. And there's not much point watching it in twenty nineteen. Yeah, no, it just completely is irrelevant. I think to today's culture. Yeah. I think it's like super bad. Even super bad feels super super aged. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think I could. Super bad. I think I could rewatch super bad now and really enjoy it. I don't know. Whenever I watch it, I feel like I'm watching something from the 2000s. I suppose. It's just hard, isn't it? Because, obviously, this film, it's been important in people's lives. Like, although probably people won't admit it, but it is, like... I remember watching it with, like, most people. Or, like, most people I know have watched it. But it's hard because I didn't go into it wanting to not like it very much. Yeah, even I was trying to like it whilst watching it. But I just felt like it. the jokes kind of didn't land. It didn't make too many jokes. Yeah. Like, it never felt like it was made as a comedy. It felt like it was made as a cop film. Yeah. And anything that did seem like a joke felt almost like a little vignette. Like, you could take it out and the movie wouldn't be affected. Yeah, it's weird. So, also, I was thinking, though, do you think... Do you think this is down to the type of people that we are, that we don't enjoy it as much anymore? 
Like, do you think, say, our friend Sam, for example, would say that he liked it? watch it now and still like it yeah i reckon i reckon maybe because we try we're a bit pretentious i feel like we put more relevant relevance on things make them more have more meanings than like look, a common person watching it look for more within not not even just our movies i think music as well i, I think, think we're highly critical of stuff yeah and I don't think maybe I enjoyed it more as a youngin because I was less critical of stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Then ultimately, do you think that maybe the reason why it's so beloved is the type of people that it's beloved with? Do you think it's a case of if you don't scrutinise it, it's an easily watchable comedy, and that's what people, what a lot of people just look for? Yeah, I reckon like. I reckon people who can just watch a film and not criticise it or say anything about it, I reckon you could easily watch that like a bit brainlessly and just enjoy it. But I feel like if you switch on and you like try and look for things to like critique it on, I feel like that's when maybe some of its charms lost on you. Yeah. So in that regard, do you think we enjoy movies as much as people? Because we go into it a lot of the time looking for certain things and wanting to critique. Do you think that going into a movie without wanting something from it, just wanting to watch a movie, do you think maybe that makes you enjoy a movie more? I don't know. Let's talk about that in one minute. So a few years ago, we both worked at the cinema. Um, On the screen, there would be trailers playing... You'd see them all day, and they'd repeat on a loop. How many were there? Maybe it's like five or six trailers on a loop? No, there were probably about 15 trailers on a loop. I suppose, but regardless... You would see a lot of the same ones more often than the other ones. And the one movie that we were more excited than anything else, I think, for, and paid more attention to the critics, was Dunkirk. So this film I followed from literally the very, very beginning... When they released the six-second teaser trailer, I was convinced it was the best. That it had one of the best scenes in the whole of cinema history. So we'd see this trailer over and over again as it was building up to the release. We'd check IMDb, and it was sitting at nine point something for a while. I don't know what it's on at the moment. I'm sure it's not a nine point something anymore. But when we went in to see it, I just I couldn't help but criticize it as soon as I was watching it. The whole time, rather than enjoying it as a movie, I was thinking, how do I feel about this movie? And it absolutely ruined the experience for me. I And afterwards, I think I couldn't give it more than a 7 out of 10. Even going back now, I, I don't know whether I could just watch it as a movie rather than... and just turn off the critic part of my brain that wants to analyse it a bit. And it was a shame because... You know, watching it in the cinema, like, we watched it on the first day, didn't we? I think so, yeah. And, like, when we watched it, like, obviously it's such a film that I don't feel like you could watch at home and get the same effect. Yeah, you have to see it in the cinema, like, really. It was re- like, a sp- it was like a spectacle, really. Yeah. Like, I feel like with Tarantino films, they're probably never the same watching them at home, especially The Hateful Eight when it was on... A certain type of film. I feel like with Tarantino films, 
if they're shot on a specific film... Yeah, you need that You need that, of... and it was on the same film as yeah, The Hateful Eight. Yeah, so, like... Oh, I don't know, maybe... Dunkirk was 60 mil actually. Regardless, or it, it was shot on film. Like on a special film. It was a spectacle to see. And I just couldn't fully invest in it. But I think that was my problem as well. I couldn't switch off and just enjoy the film. And talking about that film, to me, I never even really. It was so. Conf- it felt to me confusing. Yeah. I never knew that Tom Hardy was a German soldier. Like, I could never specify which was which team. Yeah. Because it never kind of... I guess that was maybe the experience it was trying to portray, like, that both sides of the thing, they're the same kind of people. But, like, he didn't speak in German or anything. It seemed to me like he, it just didn't flow properly. But I'm sure for a lot of people it didn't matter. I don't know, though, because that was such a film that I can't imagine anyone going into that wasn't going to be, like, hyped to see, like, kind of critique it. I suppose, but a lot of people saw it. I'm sure that most people going to see it just went to see it because it was big and enjoyed it because it was a big spectacle. I don't know. I feel like that was different to White Chicks. Because I feel like going in as a critic into White Chicks, no one else is going to be going as a critic, was I feel like... A film that's got a nine on it, IMDb, and it's like really everyone's talking about it being great. I feel like everyone's gonna have assumptions of what it's gonna be like. I suppose. I guess the point I'm ultimately trying to get at is I'd love to be able to enjoy everything. If I loved every movie that I watched, it would be really great. But there's a part of me that wants to analyse the movie and think about the movie. And not just accept it for just what it is. I think even you do it more than I do it. Yeah. Like, any time I'm listening to a new album, my instinct is straight away, what am I giving this out of ten? What have the critics put, and what can I say about it? And how does my view align with what the critics are saying? I think, as a film, White Chicks wasn't bad... But I can see myself going back to rewatch that again now that I know what it's like. How much do critic scores or audience sort of aggregated scores matter to you? Because we're always interested in seeing what they are. I don't think I'm interested. You're interested. I never check I anything. But we were following Dunkirk. That was probably the only film that I followed, though. Yeah, I suppose. But I think the thing for me is... Firstly, with you, you usually know the rating before you can go in to listen to an album. Sometimes. For most things. I feel like going into it with an idea of what it's going to be like isn't going to give you the greatest understanding of it. Like when we went to Dunkirk and I had so many good things that I wanted to like it, but then we were talking together and then I realised I actually didn't like the film. Or it wasn't as good as I thought it was when I yeah. first watched it. But I feel like that was me because I'd heard too many critic reviews. You just assumed it was going to be a 9 out of 10. Yeah, and you, I feel like you do that with albums. I suppose. I've you been, don't give albums a chance before you... I've, I've been actively trying to do that less with things I'm looking forward to listening to. But that doesn't matter. I feel like if you hear an album on Anthony Fantano's Not Good list... 
you just won't give it a chance at all or you'll just be like dead dead sure that you don't like it i suppose i mean i'm not going to listen to every album that comes out no but you decide whether you like something or not before you've even listened to it sometimes yeah you always do well i don't know like kevin abstract put out an album which i still haven't got around to listening to um and i've avoided reading any any but that's because you like it. it but i'm saying i suppose yeah there's bands that i don't there's bands that i like that seb just won't even i can tell that he enjoys some of the songs he won't like it because he knows that it's being rated differently. I suppose. So I suppose aside from critic scores, I do like to know audience aggregated scores because I think it helps to sort of contextualise things and think about where they sit in our culture. Um, for example, you know, I brought up Harold and Kumar having a 7 out of 10 and that to me places it in our culture as something more than just a slapstick comedy or a lowbrow comedy. Um, I know that you know on any review aggregating score website, um, my beautiful Duchess of Fantasy and the College Dropout are going to have the highest Kanye West scores, and I know that that's why they can that that means that they are considered a classic. Um, what do you think White Chicks IMDb score is? I imagine like a five point nine or a six point four. Do you reckon even for something that's everyone seems to love? I reckon so. You're right. It's a, I think it was about a 5.6. Yeah. Which is very low. I think the main thing that I've learned with reviewing things is more than likely people will only review if they don't like something. That's true. I mean, we've both worked in customer service and we know that the only people that ever say anything review yeah. are angry people. Like, you don't go to get a coffee, enjoy your coffee and think, I'll definitely leave them a good review. And I think the difference to me and you in that sense is I don't keep up with any music news. I suppose, yeah. I don't, even really with movies, I don't really keep up with news about movies. Any media stuff, even like the the actual news, I don't, I don't yeah. pay attention to. But, like, music, I think, specifically, I don't care. I only listen to it if I like it. I suppose. I don't care what people said. I've not used any of the apps where you can check whether what people have written about it. I suppose, yeah. I think, for me, in particular with music, but also with movies and other culture, um, I like the conversation around it as much as I like the actual thing itself. I like people saying, what does this mean? What does this thing being so successful say about our culture? What does this, that? It, I think that really interests me. I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. No, I'd say, like, in my life, the similarity between that and something else is probably TripAdvisor. Yeah. Because I do... If we go somewhere, I do TripAdvise what the best place to eat is. Yeah, you're, you always... Before we went back to Brighton to visit my parents for the first time, you spent, I think, probably two days going through every restaurant in Brighton on TripAdvisor, seeing what was the best rated, where you could get the best Thai food, the best Korean food. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's my version of that. So why do you think that engages you and not 
popular culture. Because I think that I can actually consume it. I suppose, yeah. It's like an actual thing. Whereas music, I feel like music in like movies, it's a different experience because although you can talk about it for a bit, it hasn't given you anything. I suppose, yeah. But but then, as gifts, you prefer music or a DVD over the food. But yeah, I would definitely. much prefer like a food hamper for Christmas. I suppose. It's just strange. I think, for me, the main takeaway from this episode was watching a film that for my childhood was considered a classic up there with like dodgeball and stuff watching it back and realising I don't know why it's been on a high pedestal for like a long period of my life when it's clearly not a very good film yeah I suppose the takeaway I think I would put on that is it's worth questioning whether things deserve their pedestals because we've watched dodgeball back recently and it's just as good as I remember it being, if not better. Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah. I guess, yeah, the takeaway is if some if you have fond memories of something... Sometimes it's best not to re-watch it. Like, for me, I feel like another experience that's similar to that is... So, my favourite band was Def Cab for Cutie. Oh, yeah, as we mentioned in the um, Arcade Fire episode. Yeah, and I knew that if I'd gone to see them live... It would ruin my attitude towards them. But we did it anyway, and it completely shattered every everything I had, all the love I had for for them. And I feel like that's the same with that. If, I, if White Chicks, if I'd just gone the rest of my life not seen it again, I'd have been happier with the memory that White Chicks was a good movie. Do you wish you hadn't watched it again? Kind of, because I feel like I had pretty good memories of it. And now watching it back and thinking... It's really not very good. It's very bottom of the pile. But, like, I feel like before, if it, someone mentioned White Chicks, I could be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's so funny, da 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 Whereas now, if someone says, oh, you know, watch White Chicks the other night, I'd be like, why? Yeah. So here's going to be my way of wrapping it up neatly, sort of summarising things. I think that if something's really personal to you, that you haven't experienced it in maybe 10, 15 years, I think maybe it's worth leaving it in the past and not revisiting it because there's a good chance that it's not going to hold the same value and it's going to retroactively ruin it. But I also think that if something is considered culturally a classic, then maybe it is worth revisiting and seeing but why... But that would be ca- culturally a classic. Yeah, and I think for me... I mean, I suppose I hadn't watched it before, but I think it's worth checking does it deserve everyone to rate it this highly yeah interesting okay next episode is gonna be on we do not know i haven't decided yet so stay tuned and we'll speak to you next week hasta la vista baby (laughs)